It started in the plains of Shinar. Nimrod gathered people from the east and built a tower to the heavens in defiance against Almighty God. One language, one people, one world order. Genesis 11 says, and from there the Lord dispersed them over the face of all the earth. Much later, Babylon rises as a city and then a powerful civilization. The Lord actually allowed the Babylonians to take captive the chosen people of God for 70 painful years. Babylon rises and falls and rises again at the end of the age. Babylon's ultimate destruction will be sudden, shocking, and sweeping. Are you prepared for the last days of planet Earth and the return of Jesus Christ? I'm Ron Jones. Something good starts right now. For the Bible says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust corrupt and where thieves break in and steal. Instead, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Hello and welcome to Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor of Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. I'm Brian Davis. Thanks for making us part of your day. In the book of Revelation, the Apostle John writes about a future economic crash that will be unlike anything the world has ever seen. Today, Ron explores this crisis as he continues his series, Mysteries of the Apocalypse, The Last Days of Planet Earth, and The Return of Jesus Christ. Visit somethinggoodradio.org to hear any of Ron's messages on demand on your schedule. That's our new and improved website, somethinggoodradio.org. From Revelation chapter 18, here's Ron with part two of his Something Good Radio message, The Coming Worldwide Economic Crash. Verse 31, while the words were still in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven, O king Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken. The kingdom has departed from you, and you shall be driven from among men, and your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the fields. Just as Nebuchadnezzar was speaking the prideful language, God tore the empire from him, turned him into a madman who lived with beasts and animals. It's because the Bible tells us in Proverbs 16 and verse 18 that pride goes before a fall. And Babylon will emerge again as a prideful, haughty city that says, I'm a queen. I'm a diva. And nobody touches me, is the attitude in Babylon. And this is one of the reasons God destroys this city at the end of the age. Number five, Babylon will be a headquarters, listen to this, a headquarters for human trafficking and slavery. Uh, we'll get to this in a little bit more detail in a moment, but, but there are three groupings of people in Revelation chapter 18 who wail and moan the loss and the destruction of Babylon. It's the kings of the earth, the merchants, the commercial leaders, and then the shipbuilders. As Babylon comes crashing down, they're all wailing and moaning. And in verse 11, it says, the merchants of the earth weep and mourn for her since no one buys their cargo anymore, cargo of gold, silver, jewels, pearls, fine linen, purple cloth, uh, silk, scarlet cloth, all kinds of scented wood, all kinds of articles of ivory, all kinds of articles of costly wood. This is a description of a, of a booming, prosperous, luxurious economy 
that is based in this financial capital of Babylon and, 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 and spreads out across the world. But the merchants of the earth come to this city to do business. It goes on to say cinnamon, spice, incense, myrrh, frankincense, wine, oil, fine flour, wheat, cattle, and sheep, horses, and chariots, and slaves, that is human souls. At the end of the age and when Babylon rises, life will become so cheap that human souls are bought and sold, trafficked in the commercial economy. Oh, I know we've tried as hard as we can to rid the world of slavery, but you've got to remember just how evil of a cesspool Babylon is all the way back to the days of Nimrod in the Tower of Babel. I have a friend in uh, Dallas and a former elder of a church that I served, and he now serves as the president, executive director of a nonprofit organization that deals with human trafficking. I, I don't know, you, you've probably heard about all of this happening, not just around the world, but right under our own noses. Human souls being bought and sold and trafficked from around the world and even here in our own country for purposes of sexual prostitution. You ain't seen nothing yet. Babylon will become the headquarters for it. And what may be illegal in some parts of the world will be legal in a place like Babylon. And every pervert around the world who wants to make money off human trafficking will make their way to Babylon and sell human souls. God hates this kind of evil, and He will destroy this place for that reason. And then sixth and finally, Babylon will be held responsible for the blood of prophets and saints. Look in verse 24. And in her was found the blood of prophets and saints and of all who have been slain on the earth. I've said throughout this series as we come across Babylon that, that, that Babylon, from Babylon, from that ancient civilization came every false religion, came every perverted evil. It, it just, it, it, it's the cesspool from which it all comes. And God even holds this ancient civilization responsible. And it's, it's expression at the end of the age, responsible for the blood of prophets and of saints. Remember in Revelation chapter 6 where we saw the, the martyred souls of the tribulation under the throne of God saying, when will you vindicate our blood? When will you vindicate our blood? And he says, not yet, not yet. Well, this is, this is the yet time. He will finally vindicate the blood of the prophets and saints by destroying evil Babylon. Uh, this economic, religious, and even political thing that the Antichrist has control of. And when he does... It will be the most devastating crash the world has ever seen. It'll make 1929, 1987, 2000, 2008, and whatever's teetering on the edge of our jittery economy right now, it'll make all of that look like a day in the park, just a little blip on the financial radar. Because this is the fulfillment of the ancient prophecies of Isaiah and Jeremiah that talked about the total and complete destruction of Babylon such that there will never be an inhabitant of the place again. 
And there are three words that describe this total collapse. Number one, it will be sudden. If you read on, and I don't have the time to read all of it, but if you read the balance of chapter 18, four times you come across a phrase, in a single day, in a single hour, in a single hour, in a single hour. Remember, the kings of the earth, the merchants and commercial leaders of the earth, and even the shipbuilders wail and moan at the loss. Here's one example in verse verse 9. For this reason, her plagues will come in a single day. Death and mourning and famine, and she will be burned up with fire, for mighty is the Lord God who has judged her. It will be such a sudden collapse of the economy. And that's really not hard to understand because at at some level we've experienced that. How how quickly we're just kind of cruising along in this world and then boom, the stock market has lost 25% of its value. Oh, there might have been some financial prognosticators who warned against it, but the bulls and the bears are always, you know, kind of jiving back and forth. But when it happens, it seems so sudden, doesn't it? And that value you have in your stock portfolio and and the the value in the financial indices around the world, just overnight, it's gone. This collapse will happen suddenly. It will happen in a shocking manner. Again, every one of the three groupings of the, the kings, the merchants, the the sea masters, the ship masters, they wail and moan. For instance, verse 10, they will stand far off the kings in fear of her torment and say, alas, alas, you great uh, city, you mighty city Babylon, for in a single hour your judgment has come. Or verse 15, the merchants of these wares who gain their wealth from her will stand far off in fear of her torment, weeping and mourning aloud. Alas, alas, for the great city that was clothed in fine linen and purple and scarlet, adorned with gold and jewels and pearls. For in a single hour, all this wealth has been laid waste. Three times I've circled in uh, chapter 18 the phrase, alas, alas. It's an archaic term we don't use very much today, but it means sorrow. It means grieving. It would be like us saying, I can't believe this just happened. It happens suddenly. It happens shockingly. And it happens sweepingly. It is a global crash and meltdown. Let's pick it up in verse 21. Then a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and threw it into the sea, saying, So will Babylon the great be thrown down with violence, and it will be found no more. And the sound of harpists and musicians, of flute players and trumpeters will be heard in you no more. And a craftsman of any craft will be found in you no more. And the sound of the mill will be heard in you no more. And the light of a lamp will shine in you no more. And the voice of bridegroom and bride will be heard in you no more. Six times it says no more. In other words, this is the fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy that when Babylon is destroyed, it'll be destroyed so quickly that there will never be another inhabitant of that city or that part of the world. So what do we do with a message like this? What's the takeaway for us? I can think of a couple things. I'm reminded of some words that the writer of Hebrews wrote to his audience in the book of Hebrews chapter 10, toward the end of that chapter. And he commends them for 
Well, let me get the exact words here because this is so good. He commends them for joyfully accepting the plundering of your possessions because you know you have a better possession and a more sure one. You know, with, with the financial background, a little bit that I have, I'm the first one that gets kind of up in arms when, you know, the economies of the world and those who want to tinker with it affect my personal bank accounts and the security of my financially or my family financially. Uh, I, I get a little uh, torqued around the corners when I think of an overreaching government that runs up debts as high as the heavens and then wants to reach into potentially uh, your 401k account and my 401k account to pay off those debts. If not the first, I'd be the second one to join a revolution on something like that. And then I have to take another step or two back and realize <laughs> if, if the world plunders my possessions, if some overreaching government plunders my possessions as it did in the first century and with the early church, I have to remember where my ultimate inheritance is. It's not in this earth. And that's why I started with our personal peace. If our personal peace is too tied to our financial stability and our financial security, uh, maybe we've drifted away from faith in God just that much, right? We'll return to Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones in just a moment. To hear any of Ron's messages on demand, please visit somethinggoodradio.org. And while you're there, use the Library tab that's right at the top of the homepage to find resources that will help you grow in your faith. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Something Good only exists through the faithful prayer and financial support of listeners like you. Today, as you give... We'll give you access to download the complete series you're hearing now, Mysteries of the Apocalypse, The Last Days of Planet Earth, and The Return of Jesus Christ. That's Mysteries of the Apocalypse, The Last Days of Planet Earth, and The Return of Jesus Christ. Donate online at somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Or mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23456. And you can call our offices at 757-276-1099. From Revelation 18, here's Ron with the rest of today's Something Good radio message, The Coming Worldwide Economic Crash. Oh, there's coming a day when the insecurity of our finances is so great and perhaps we experience what the early church experienced, the plundering of possessions How would you react to something like that? And then I'm reminded of what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6. Lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. He says, don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust corrupt and where thieves break in and steal. He says, no, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust corrupt and where thieves, even identity thieves, I like to say, uh, will break in and steal. Yeah, there are two portfolios you need in life your earthly portfolio, but you need an eternal portfolio as well because that's where your, your, your ultimate possession is, right? That's where your inheritance is. He goes on to say where your treasure is, that's where your heart is, all right? Jesus can take a financial temperature of your heart and it reflects on your spiritual temperature. You, you, you can't divorce the financial you 
and the spiritual you. Where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. And then he goes on to say these words in verse 24, no one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. He says you cannot serve God and money. He didn't say it'd be difficult. He says you can't do it. Either money is going to sit on the throne of your life and you're going to get all torqued every time something out of your control causes your financial portfolio to go down. I understand that. Or God's going to sit on the throne and you're going to understand that my personal peace is not tied to fluctuations in world economies and that my God has promised to supply all of my needs according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. During the tribulation period, when the church is raptured out but there are people who come to faith in Christ, you talk about tough economic times because when the Antichrist seizes control of the world and the world economy, people will not be able to buy and sell without the mark of the beast. The pressure that puts on Jesus' people will be enormous, and they have to have their personal peace aligned to heaven. So lay not up for yourself treasures on this earth. Don't don't become so invested in the things of this world that you forget where your real inheritance is. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth, the New Testament tells us. You say, Pastor, how do we do that financially? I've given you this little financial plan before. It's real simple. Give to God first, pay yourself second, live off the rest. You can't say God is first in your life when He's last in your budget. You do understand that, don't you? But when your personal financial security is first in your budget, you can't be walking by faith. Every time I get paid, and Catherine and I get paid, and we write a check to give to God, it's an acknowledgement of and a reminder to us He's first financially in our life. And we want to lay up for ourselves treasures in heaven where nobody can plunder those possessions, where the dividend reinvestment plan is better than any corporation has, where neither uh, identity thieves or anybody can go in and steal and take away, uh, where the interest on investment is, is beyond our wildest dreams. You see, you have a heavenly 401k account and I have a heavenly 401k account, and when we give to God first, we're saying, you know, all this stuff in the future is not going to disturb my personal peace. Because my ultimate investment is an eternal investment. There are a lot of Christians I know that will get to heaven one day, and their 401k account is empty because they laid up all their treasures in earth, which one day is going to collapse and the value is going to go down to nothing. Or perhaps somebody will plunder those possessions before the collapse ever takes place. It happened in the first century to early Christians. It might happen to us in, in these times. So the best thing to do, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Yeah, you need, a, you need an earthly portfolio and an eternal one. But as we keep our eyes on the soon return of Jesus Christ, 
Don't you want to send ahead what you can't take with you? You do understand that, right? You can't take it with you. It might be plundered. It might go down in a crash. But the safest investment, Jesus said, the safest investment you can make is to send it ahead. And by doing so, acknowledging God is first in my life. He's first in my finances. And I'm not going to let all this talk about a coming worldwide economic crash. I mean, if I'm a believer in Jesus Christ, I won't even be here. The church is raptured out of here. But leading up to this time, expect financial jittery times. Okay? Expect a roller coaster ride as we get closer and closer to the end of the age. But if you want to sleep well at night and have personal peace, set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Trust in a God who has promised to supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And that's how we walk by faith. Right, friends? Thanks so much for joining us for today's Something Good radio message, The Coming Worldwide Economic Crash. Ron, as I hear you talk about the fall of Babylon, I can't help but think there's a message for all of us here, a lesson or maybe even a warning that we as individuals, believers and unbelievers alike, can apply to our own lives. Well, I think you're right, Brian, and to be blunt, there is definitely a sobering message in this for all of us. You know, when you look at all the things going on in future Babylon, I'm talking about the sexual immorality, rebellion, greed, human trafficking, really the almost total depravity we see here in Revelation. I I think the root of all these issues, and the root of all sin, in fact, is pride. Now, if you remember, uh, Lucifer, the fallen angel, was kicked out of heaven for exactly that reason. He became proud. And I strongly believe that every sin known to man is rooted in pride. Now, here in future Babylon, pride soars to almost unprecedented levels, and, and we see the devastating result. But on a smaller scale, I think we can clearly see a message all of us should take to heart. The Bible teaches us that pride goes before destruction. But it also teaches us that humility, the complete opposite of pride, goes before blessing. Put it another way, and we see this in James chapter 4 and verse 6, among other places, humility precedes favor. Pride precedes a fall. And we see this in very practical ways. For example, in order to accept God's free gift of salvation by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, well, you've got to be humble enough to admit that you're a sinner who needs a Savior. Proud people don't confess their sin. They don't even acknowledge their sin. And consequently, they won't or they don't accept Jesus as their Savior. For the Christian, this principle works in the area of spiritual growth and uh, divine blessing. Uh, The failure to walk in obedience is rooted in pride, uh, foolishly thinking we can can earn our salvation or earn the favor of God or, or achieve it in our own strength. So I encourage everyone listening today to take a lesson from the future fall of Babylon. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Accept his free gift of salvation. Submit to his commands and his guidance, and he will exalt you in due time. That's the promise of Scripture. That's Dr. Ron Jones with some great final thoughts from today's message, The Coming Worldwide Economic Crash. And Ron, we're up against the clock as usual, but before we go, tell us what's on the docket tomorrow as you continue your series, Mysteries of the Apocalypse. 
You know, Brian, the second coming of Jesus Christ is the most talked about event in Bible prophecy. It's the most predicted and the most anticipated. And when it comes to a study of the book of Revelation, everything leading up to chapter 19, uh, which gives us the most detailed description of the second coming of Jesus, everything up to that point is prelude. Because the main character of the book of Revelation is Jesus, and the main event that we're all waiting for is his glorious return. And so for the next two days, starting tomorrow, I'll go into some detail about this greatly anticipated event. I'm talking about the return of our blessed hope, our Redeemer, Jesus Christ. Join us then for Something Good as Dr. Ron Jones shares his message, The Glorious Return of Jesus Christ. For Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis. Thanks for listening.